Welcome to episode 24 of the Moms That Lead podcast. All that I can really say about this inspiration episode is wow. This conversation with Hilda Granigo left me feeling uplifted and inspired in a way that is sometimes hard to come by these days. I wanted to introduce you to Hilda to talk about the role of gratitude in leadership, especially touching on if and how it's even possible to be grateful when you're facing tragedy in your life. I knew that she'd have some wise words about that given that her nonprofit, Lou Wish, serves women who are experiencing cancer, heart disease, domestic violence, and other life-altering issues. However, our conversation became so much more than that. Yes, we touched on the power of gratitude and how it can even be possible when facing very challenging, even life-altering situations. But we also spent time on the unique power of women, the great responsibility and accountability of leadership, the importance of taking care of yourself, and how to know when it's your time to lead. This episode is full of inspirational stories and experiences from Hilda's life in which she wears many hats, from the executive director of Lou Wish to being a sales coordinator for Shell Oil Products, to being a pastor and a wife, mother, and grandmother. Before we get into our conversation, here's a brief intro and reminder about what Moms That Lead is all about. Hey there, are you ready to jump off the hamster wheel and finally listen to that voice inside that says you were meant for more? Are you ready to replace overwhelm with calm and clarity? self-doubt with confidence, and mom guilt with connection, then you're in the right place. I made this podcast just for you. Welcome to the Moms That Lead podcast, where we know that moms have a unique ability to be world changers, and that leadership is not about position. But instead, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are a leader. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor, determined to bring you the inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to help you live your best life. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder. My family's journey to completing an Ironman triathlon changed my life forever, and I want to be your friend on the journey to gain the clarity, confidence, and connection that I gained from that experience. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. Well, hello, Hilda. Thank you so much for being here today. We're very excited to have you on the podcast. I did give our audience a little bit of an intro, but I'd love to hear from you more about your journey to where you are today, about how you lead at work in the community today, and also would love to hear a lot about Lou Wish and the work that you're doing there. First of all, Terry, I wanted to thank you so much for having me as a guest today on the show. I'm always excited to talk about Lou Wish, but more importantly, I'm always excited about having an avenue, a platform to encourage women today. I believe there has not been any other time in the history or life of women where we are forced, not kind of by options or being voluntold, but being forced to wear so many hats today. And for some of us, the hats that we were wearing were already overwhelming 
to the point, some of them um, oppressing, but thanks be to the resilience and the makeup of who God made us to be as women, uh, we are able to bear more than we think we can. Just a little bit more about me. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother, which I love. I'm a daughter. I'm an aunt. I am an entrepreneur. I'm a pastor. But the thing that I'm most proud to be is a woman. And I say that with all passion and assurance because I believe that when God uh, made women, that truly, 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 we were about as close to him as possible because (laughs) our ability and capacity to love, to nurture, to keep moving is Mm -hmm. infinite, right? Talk about a mother who can search the earth for her child, right? And will not stop to find him or her or that mother that finds every strength they have to care for a child that they, that they love or to provide for them. So being a woman to me is probably one of the most or the best compliment I think in the earth I could have. I love being a woman. I know there are other things that go with being a woman that sometimes we wish we could leave at the table, but I don't think there's any greater call than the call of being a woman, especially today. And I believe that today or in this stage and age that God is using the resilience, the perseverance, Mm -hmm. the courage of women and their voice to bring about uh, necessary change, necessary conversations that need to be had. They may be difficult, but they are definitely necessary. And so I'm glad to be a part of that species. I'm glad to be a part of that network and that organization. Even like you, again, using your voice to bring awareness um, to things and, and isms and policies and all those things that people need to know about, but also how how do we take those things and make it better for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just glad to, to be a speck in the whole masterpiece of it all. Yes, yes, completely agree. So inspiring. And, you know, you may know our mission at Moms That Lead is unlocking the leadership power of healthy, purpose-driven moms. And so obviously you're speaking to my heart when you're talking about just the gift of being a woman. So thank you for that. Think about it. We get to carry, incubate, and allow something to grow within us, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. to give birth to that. And and let me just say that, that for women who may not have naturally had the blessing of, of having a baby, it does not mean that you don't have the ability to give birth to something. Um, because right. God made you a woman, you have the ability to birth into the earth. Mm-hmm. And so don't let the world tell you that because you are unable to physically birth into the earth, that you can't birth spiritually and you can't birth Mm -hmm. mentally. There are other ways that you can produce and dominate and expand 
the things and the call that God has for you and your life in the earth. So I just want to encourage women in that because sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. we, we allow the world to tell us how we are made whole. And if we are, if we are really a woman or a true woman, a full woman, they don't get to say that. They don't get to, to decide that. And they definitely don't get to title us. Right. So no, so beautiful. Just the image of birthing in so many different ways and, and the blessing that we have to be able to do that as women. So thank you for reminding us of that. Speaking of the, the leadership power that we have as women, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about Lou Wish and how it got started, how you are serving the community. Yes, Lou Wish. Oh, wow. So Lou Wish is a nonprofit that grants wishes to women who are experiencing life-altering issues due to cancer, domestic violence, or heart disease. Many times we have questions of why those three pillars, because the data proves that if you are experiencing one, you are probably experiencing two. Or if you experience Mm -hmm. one, you will probably experience two. It's just Mm. the way that our bodies are made up. Most people think that cancer is the number one um, killer of uh, women. It's not. It's heart disease. Heart disease is the silent killer that will affect us and that do affect a lot of women who do have cancer and or who are experiencing domestic violence. And it derives from, of course, the stress of it all, right? The mental anguish of it all. And so it's those three pillars that we have uh, chosen because those are the three pillars that really do affect the majority or the population of women. Uh, Lil' Mm -hmm. Wish was birthed out of, in honor of my sister, who... Mm -hmm. uh, passed away of breast cancer over a 20 year period. She actually had it three times. And in her first journey, initial journey, she decided that she was not going to live with cancer, but that she would live in spite of cancer. And she Mm -hmm. did just that. Cancer was not her prognosis or diagnosis. It was just something that she had. And so she kept her smile. Everyone knew her by her jovial smile and her wit Mm -hmm. for life. If you came to my sister with a problem, you left with a joke and merriment (sighs) in your heart because she just always felt like life was to be lived in joy and happiness. And so from that, my sister was also younger than me, but Mm. up until the day she passed, everybody thought she was older than me uh, (laughs) because she was always my protector. She was always my voice. And so Mm -hmm. when I lost her, I, I felt like I lost a big part of me and that the biggest part was my voice. But God would have it that my voice not only began to become stronger, it is now my, and to say it lightly, weapon of of awareness and deliverance and breakthrough for a lot of women. And that now I am a, a pastor and now I am a teacher. Now I travel encouraging people to let them know that they can live in spite of the life-altering issue. One of the things Mm -hmm. we know that life will happen, 
that's the old saying, it's not what happens to you, but how do you respond to it? And so we're just helping women, supporting women, and being there for women through our community of care to let them know that they're not alone and that they have women who, who want to, to be in community with them. Lewis grants wishes in a myriad of different ways. We are a organization that is for all women, no matter rich, economic, no matter color, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be a resource, and that is our main goal, to be a resource for women. Walking with my sister through the 20 years of, of cancers, one of the things that I learned and she learned was most of the time, and I would say almost 80% of the time, women ended up uh, where they were because of a lack of information or lack of resource. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we are in America and that should not be, <laughs> right? And so Definitely. we want to do the work and we want to bring the resources. We want to make sure that women have the right information that they need to make better decisions when it comes to their health and their mm-hmm. quality of life. And so that's what we do through wishes. That's wonderful. And I'd love to hear about some of the wishes that you have granted, if there are some that you can share. Sure. Um, of course, no names. But the last wish we granted was a um, young lady who had cancer and actually was in the last stage of it. And she actually, a friend of hers, reached out to us and wanted to know if we could help her friend with legal fees because she wanted, Mm -hmm. she had a daughter, she only had one child and she wanted to make sure that her daughter would be well taken care of or, you know, would get what she was supposed to get. So Mm -hmm. she wanted us to help with legal fees to acquire a lawyer for a will and medical powers of attorneys and those things. And so we did. And it was, we were very grateful we were able to help because literally in the process, the young lady passed away. But we mm-hmm. had gotten the process started for her. So what she wished was granted. And those are the things that we are we want to do, right? We want to take that light offering moment and transform it into a memory that lasts a lifetime for you. Other uh, wishes we've done, we did a wish where a young lady had cancer and because of its expenses and the cost of treatment required her to downsize from her house to an apartment. And one of the things that she missed about her home was being outdoors on her patio and gardening and those things that she Mm -hmm. was not able to do in the apartment. So a friend of hers, again, sent in a wish. And what we were able to do was she had a a little outdoor kind of nook. And Mm -hmm. we purchased her a rocking chair and some plants. And we kind of made a little outdoor oasis for her where she could go outside and sit and have that place that for a moment, that transfers, transforms moments into memories. And so those are the things that we want to do. 
we just want to take a moment and and allow people to live in that moment, right? To to mm-hmm. be able to mm-hmm. still know that life is good and and there are people who care. I like to say we are all writing our life story, all of us. Whether we want to admit it or not, we are pinning our life story right now. But I don't think that I think the greatest thing that you can do in your life is pin a story to someone else's story, hmm. right? To have a page or a chapter where you pin uh, to someone else's story. And that story is of care and of love and of compassion. So that's what we want to do. I love that image. I I will think about that a lot in the future. That that work is so important and just like you said, just giving those moments that are transformed and it's so beautiful. As you lead that organization, and I know we talked about the many different hats, we started with the many different hats that you're wearing. What do you like best about leadership? I probably would say the ability to influence. Leadership comes with a huge responsibility, but most of all, it comes with a huge accountability. Right. Mm-hmm. And so leaders have the ability to influence and we sometimes forget that. Mm-hmm. And it can be for good. It can be for bad. But to have the ability to influence people in a way that brings them to the awareness of something that they can do to change someone's life for better right? Mm -hmm. To Mm -hmm. empower them to make that change, right? To give them an opportunity to be a part of change. And I think leadership allows us to do that. And we should take that very, very, very seriously that at a moment. And one of the things that I, I like to say about leadership, leadership is like the circle of life. One moment I'm a leader, but in the next two minutes, I'm following, right? And then in the next two mm-hmm. minutes, I'm mm-hmm. back to leading. In the next two minutes, I'm following. Mm-hmm. So leadership is the circle of life. And that's why we have to be so in tune into our graces and our callings and our giftings. Yes. Because at the moment your gifting or your call is needed, you need to be able to have courage and walk in that place. And it, it may be for a day, it may be for a year, it may be for a month, and then you're back to following but we're always standing ready to, to take our rightful position to influence others to make a change, influence others to do the right thing, influence mm-hmm. others to be a part of that which is a force for good. Because helping other people is just the right thing to do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I think being a part of the human race that is embedded in our synergy to live together. It's in, it's threaded through our ability to come into community is that the thought of helping each other, right? Helping each other be the best we can be, helping each each Mm -hmm. other live a good quality life, I think is, is definitely a part of leadership. So I would say the best Mm -hmm. part of leadership is the ability to influence others. To influence. Yeah. Yeah. And and so much of what you just spoke to speaks to what we're about at Moms That Lead. I think 
we hesitated a little bit to even call the podcast Moms That Lead because sometimes moms feel like, well, I'm not leading. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not cut out for leadership and you are very much a leader, mom. Make, <laughs> yes. You have the exactly. ability to influence those lives from mm-hmm. birth into adulthood. Yeah, and we make it very clear. There's a quote that we use that, you know, if you're inspiring others to dream more and do more and become more, then you're a leader. You're a leader. And that's Exactly. I think what, what I heard and what you were talking about. So definitely agree. And then knowing your calling so that you know when to speak up and lead. We really focus on our first phase of leadership development is grounding, you know, grounding yourself and your purpose, understanding the gifts that you do have. So then you can lead. Speaking of those many hats that we've referenced a couple of times, And you mentioned at the beginning how moms are almost in a sense sometimes forced to take on quite a bit. Given your experience, do you have any tips for moms who are filling a lot of roles, whether they be working outside the home or even just a lot of roles working within the home? Any tips for how you handle that? Yeah, I mean, fortunately for me, my my two sons are both grown out of college. One is out Mm -hmm. of the home, one is still here, but of course, capable of tending to himself, caring for himself. But this is this if I if if I had a infomercial for mothers today, it would be definitely be aware of your capacity. I I think Mm -hmm. many times we ignore our capacity, and so. You know, we speak about self-care a lot and self-care is uh, paramount right now. It is, it, you cannot make it number two. You cannot make it number three. Self-care has to be number one because mm-hmm. it is um, vital to you understanding your capacity, not your competency, your capacity, because I can be competent in a lot of things. But my capacity for those things is, 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 what, is what it is. It's not going to change, mm-hmm. right? So I can be competent. I can be a doctor. I can be a mother. I can be a teacher. I can be a PTO president. I can be a lot of things. But my capacity, as some things say, some things are stagnant and some things are fluid. Capacity is is gonna stay. So we have to be very sensitive to our capacity, especially today when moms are now becoming teachers and caregivers and, you know, single moms are having to do way more than um, they've ever had to do as a single parent, whether it's a single mom Mm -hmm. or a single father. So watch your capacity. Become the number one person who knows, you know, how you people will tell you, are you okay? You sure you can handle that? You sure you can do that? That's good that people are asking the question, but you should be able to answer those questions for yourself. Mm-hmm. What is my capacity? And look, your capacity could be 50% on Monday, but come Friday, mm-hmm. it may be 15%. And it's Mm -hmm. okay, moms, it's so okay. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay that you don't have the capacity for the children, your parents, your husband, the job in a day. Like you 
mm-hmm. you may wake up and say, my capacity just won't give, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like leather, you know, leather will only yeah. give to a certain uh, degree and it's okay, but be sensitive to that capacity, be aware of what that is. Mm-hmm. And when you find yourself getting there, as they say, the line of, of it's okay to it's not okay, give yourself permission to stop, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. say no, and to say, I can't. Mm-hmm. And know that those statements, no, and I can't, do not define your inability to be a mom, to be a woman, to be successful. What it does is um, define your courage. (laughs) It defines, Mm. it gives power to your voice. It gives power Mm -hmm. to your courage to say, I have to take care of me so that I can do what you need of me. But before mm-hmm. I can do that, I have to make sure I'm okay. Yeah, I almost wish we could, you know, paste that on everyone's home screen or, you know, somewhere that they would see it every day. And I love that you started out by calling that self-care because I think sometimes when I hear the phrase self-care, I think immediately bubble baths or, and, and maybe that's part of that it. That may be part of it I think you. I think the more, you know, the place to start and the courageous part of it is about looking at your capacity and, and starting there. Do you have specific practices that you use to kind of assess your capacity? Uh, I tell you, day? it's easier to say it than it is to live it. Mm-hmm. But for me, I know I'm at the line of good, okay, and not okay when I can't. I'm no longer able to focus mm-hmm. when I'm not no longer able to read something and comprehend it on the first time. When uh, a day has come where I'm back to back meetings and I haven't eaten mm-hmm. and it's six and seven o'clock at that moment, I, I have to admit to myself, I did not self care. I mm-hmm. did not, and I did not do a good job. And I'm starting to feel it. And I know I'm starting to feel it because I'm getting edgy. I haven't eaten, right? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you know, my attention span is not good. And so it's, again, you, ha- you have to, women, we, we, I tell you what, we are good. Ladies, <laughs> we are good at sizing up, assessing situations from our children's situations to our husbands, our parents. Man, we can sit down and and put them on a couch and say, you're doing this, you're doing this, is this, is that, right? But when it comes to our own self, you know, who we are, what we can do, what we like, what we don't like, what we're capable of, what we're not capable of, what frustrates us, what irritates mm-hmm. us, we are not in tune with that as well as we should be. And we need need to be, right? And so for me, it's watching, it's being sensitive to how I'm treating myself, right? Mm -hmm. No, that wasn't a good thing to schedule back-to-back meetings until seven Mm -hmm. o'clock. 
Mm-hmm. Something should have been put off to another day or schedule another week, right? Because my capacity to be there, I, I really can't say I gave my best that day. Why? Because too much was required of me and I allowed too much to be required of me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. tip the only tips that I would have is, is really start being in tune into how you're feeling, how you're mm-hmm. responding. If you, if you have a response and you tell yourself, where did that come from? At that very moment, assess, take notes and realize you got to the line. Mm-hmm. And then learn from and that, learn from and, that, and hopefully make some changes for next time to not get to that point. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Well, this time of year, I know a lot of people are talking about gratitude with Thanksgiving coming up. What would you say that gratitude has to do with leadership? It's an attitude. It's definitely a form of attitude. Gratitude is just not something you can pick up off the shelf, you know, experience it a moment and then decide to put it back on the shelf or, you know, only use it when you want to be seemingly nice or whatever. Gratitude really does become a part of your attitude, I believe. Mm -hmm. It's a subset of that. It's something that you are mindful of every single moment in day. And so I say gratitude is is like a, a depository, right? You start with the little things and you build up, you know, when we tell people to start saving me said, don't, you know, don't start big. Cause you'll, you know, fail. start small, you know, start, start mm-hmm. with the little, you know, a dollar a day, 50 cents a day or, or a dollar a week. Right. Gratitude is like that. It's, it's realizing the small things that eventually will awaken you to the bigger things and as you deposit those feelings, that attitude of it, it's like anything else. You, you mm-hmm. just, it's always a, you know, a, an area you can withdraw from, right? You don't have to go find, you know, like some people say, write 10 things that you are grateful for mm-hmm. today. Well, why do I have to write 10 things for today? I'm grateful every day. But it has mm-hmm. to become a depository for us. It has to be something that we are willing to bank every single moment of our lives. It just becomes an attitude of ours, right? A mindset, it's, it just becomes a part of who we are. So mm-hmm. I don't think, some people say it's a feeling. I don't think it's a feeling because feelings come and go and feelings are based on happening. So if you're only grateful, you know, at a moment for something, then, then yeah, it may be a feeling to you, but it should be more than a feeling. So if it is more than a feeling and, and is that attitude, how does that make you a better leader? Because when things are not going the way <laughs> that you may have planned for them to go, when the person who committed Uh, to doing something and life happened for them and they couldn't show up and they, or they couldn't fulfill their commitment or, you know, when those things do happen, you can still say, okay, this may not have happened. This person may not have showed up. This money may not have come through, but look at what we do have. What do we have? Mm -hmm. We, 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 we were looking for 10,000, but we only have two. 
We were looking for mm-hmm. five people to show up, but we only have three. So we have $2,000 and we have three people. Let's put our, what we have together and let's make it great, right? It's not looking at what we don't have, what we expected to have. It's, it's understanding that if this is what I have, then as I'm going to just say, as the scripture says, everything you need pertaining to life that day, God will give to you. So that means like five loaves and two fish, he fed thousands of people with (laughs) $2,000 and three people. I can do a great wonder, right? But Mm -hmm. it's being able to realize that and see that versus to see what's not there. And to long for what's not that. Gratefulness is being able to see what you have and take that and say, we can work with this. We can do this still. It's an attitude. An attitude of celebration too, a celebration for what is there. And I think sometimes as both women and leaders, we tend to forget about celebrating yeah. either whether that be an accomplishment or, or celebrating what we are able to do as opposed to, you know, just thinking about what the next step is or what the next thing we need to accomplish. And gratitude is all about now. It's in the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't, to be mm-hmm. grateful for yesterday was like, oh, okay, well that already happened. Of course you can be grateful mm-hmm. to be grateful in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. To, to have mm-hmm. that, that attitude in the moment that this is good. May not look good, but this is good. Speaking to that, I, I know you have an opportunity through your work to interact with a lot of women who are going through very difficult situations. How do you see gratitude being even possible when you're going through such challenging situations? Yeah, that's a that that's a that's a good question. And and I I'm gonna tell you, Terry. Each situation is different because each mm-hmm. each woman is different. Her her situation is unique to her own. I think what you first have to do is be willing to listen. I can't tell somebody what they're grateful for when I don't even know their story. I I can't even imply that you should be grateful for something. I don't even know your story, right? And so to be able to compassion, we have this this term we call compassionate curiosity, to take a moment of compassionate curiosity and listen to whatever the story, even if the story is pain, even even if the story is of anger, which is natural, whatever that story is, and to be able to agreeably communicate that there's something still to be grateful for. There's still something to give thanks for. And even if it's that you shared your story, that you had the courage to share your story, that you're still here to share your story. But it takes that gratitude as part of, of you being, a, being willing to give them the space to share, share their story. Yeah. And have you come across women, and I'm guessing that probably your sister is a great example, but women who just were naturally grateful 
in the situation, even though it was it is, a tough time. It is them. amazing. I have met, I can't tell you during that, that time with her, how many, because I went to all the doctor's appointments. I went to all the surgeries. I mm-hmm. went to, you know, that was part of our agreement. I would be there and I was there for all of them. And I sat in, I, I really can say hundreds of waiting rooms and mm-hmm. I am just that girl that likes stories. I like people to tell mm-hmm. me. St- so I'm listening to a lot of the stories. And I mean, from persons being told that they would, you know, die. And they, it was six years later or three years later, they were still holding on. Or I remember this one lady, I will never forget her. She had the most severe case of brain cancer that that has ever been reported. She lost everything, her home, her job, her husband, from just the weight of it all. The, the, mm-hmm. um, but she still had a smile. She still had joy. Her family had stopped coming around. And, and she knew, she even said herself, and I just know it's because they don't know what to do and they don't know what to say to me. And I thought to myself, it takes a decision, right? To just still say there's something to be thankful for. There's something to be grateful for. And she, you could tell, did that every day. And I believe, that I choose to believe that was part of what was giving her life that was able to sustain her was that attitude of gratitude to say, yeah, this sucks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. However, I still have something to be grateful for. Yeah. A decision, a choice, like you mentioned. It's a choice. Just like love is a choice. It is. is. That image also is going to stick in my mind and, and thinking about how I'm making a choice each day. We all are. And it's, and I, hey, ladies, I will not say it's always easy. Matter of fact, I'm going to say you're going to miss the mark some days. I miss mm-hmm. the mark some days. But if I get another day, I'm, I'm grateful. I have another opportunity to try to get mm-hmm. this right, right? <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's like anything else. Practice does make perfect. If we're intentional about it, it will happen. Mm-hmm. But life does happen. And sometimes those mm-hmm. curveballs do come and they take us out of our game and they miss, make us miss the mark and even strike out. But we don't strike out of life because we know we have a father who, who won't let us. And so for that, we stay in the game and we show up another day. And for that, I'm grateful. Yes. Well, again, thank you for your time, Hilda. One question that we ask all of our guests, and I love all the different perspectives we get. So I want to ask you Um, too, what does it mean to you to be a mom that leads? It's to have the ability to shape another person's life. And so I, I want to use that word. I want to make sure I define that. When I say shape, ultimately God molds and shape. But I believe that my hands work with his hands and that our hands together help shape as it's kind of like an apprentice, a sculpture, you know, when he's learning to sculpt, 
sometimes his teacher will put his hands on top mm -hmm. of his hands to help him with the edges, to help him, you know, smooth out places, right? Mm -hmm. And so I believe that that is my call as a mom is that I'm a, an apprentice sculptor and that with the help of God's hands on my hands, that I am able to shape my son's lives that give them solid cues, solid mm -hmm. images, ideas for life. And so that's what I think what it means to, to lead as a mom. Beautiful. And I can see that going back to what you were talking about, what you liked best about leadership too, and the ability to influence, because I think you have the opportunity to shape others also in the community. Yes. And I think that image fits right in with, you know, your hands being there with God's hands above them. So thank you for that. Thank you, Terry. Well, where can our audience learn more about you if they want to keep up to date about all the great work that you're doing with Lou Wish or otherwise, where's the best place to find you? So the best place to find us, of course, is our website at www.lewish.org or on Facebook, Lou Wish, Twitter, or Instagram. Lou wish her story. Or if they would just like to contact me to have a conversation or learn more about Lou wish, they can email me at contact at lewish.org or definitely give us a call at 713-742-2441. I would love to share more about what we're doing. And always, as I've spoken to Tier, we're always looking for ways to partnership with other uh, organizations that are doing a great work and have a call. So mm -hmm. if you see that we may be a fit for you, please reach out to us. We'd love to have a conversation. Oh, very good. It sounds like there's a plethora of ways to get a hold of you. And I will make sure that we put all those in the show notes too. And I know you do some really interesting interviews on Facebook, some Facebook Lives, <laughs> yes. too, that I've enjoyed watching. So I encourage everyone to definitely go on your Facebook page and, and watch those as well. And I've just been so inspired by this conversation, truly. And thank you for your time. I, so thank you. Again. Thank you, Terry. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And Terry, once again, thank you for all that you're doing to bring awareness and to encourage moms um, because they need it. We all need it right mm -hmm. now. And I think you are doing uh, a great and much needed work right now. See, I told you our conversation was uplifting. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Here are your takeaways. Number one, gratitude is a mindset. It's realizing the small things that will eventually awaken you to the bigger things. It is something that you are mindful of every single moment and day. Number two, gratitude is possible during difficult times. When you've made a lot of deposits of gratitude over your life, during difficult times you may be more able to see what you do have and take that and say, okay, we can work with this. But if you're helping a friend who's going through a difficult situation, 
make sure you take time to truly know their story before trying to help them be grateful during the hard times. Number three, leadership is all about influencing people in a way that brings them to the awareness of something that they can do to change someone else's life for the better. Number four, true leaders cycle through leading at one minute and following in the next. They are tuned into their purpose and calling so that they have the courage to lead when needed. Number five, especially in this time, God is using the resilience, the perseverance, the courage of women and their voice to bring about a necessary change, necessary conversations that need to be had, even if they are difficult. Our capacity to love and nurture will bring about that change. Speaking of the power of women to lead and transform difficult situations when we are grounded in our purpose, I want to share a secret with you who hung around until the end. In about a month, I'm going to announce a special way that you can work with me and connect with a very small group of equally driven women leaders. If you're a woman who's looking to reimagine what her leadership looks like in 2021 and are interested in learning more about how you can be considered for this opportunity, shoot me a DM on Instagram at We Are Moms That Lead. I'll officially be sharing this opportunity with everyone during our December 2nd episode. As we enter into the last two months of 2020, I wish you peace and courage this week to be the leader that you are called to be. Until next time, lead with love.